everyone, and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We are so glad that you are with us tonight, and I see viewers already popping on. Um, just know that um, we are live for a reason, because we want you to be part of this conversation. So definitely share and um, let us know where you're from um, and any questions or comments you have along the way through our conversation. We would love for that to be part of um, what we talk about as well tonight, not just what we have in our notes. So, um, so be be willing to be open and uh, and share with us. But um, we are continuing this month. We've been talking about child behavior all month, and tonight we're going to be talking about evaluating and understanding your students' abilities, which tie in so well with with behavior, as Matthew and Carol will tell us. So, I just want to welcome Matthew and Carol Newell, and um, thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. We are. I'm so glad to have you guys, and I, they have a lot of wisdom to share, and um, a very short period of time to share it in. So, um, so as we get started, um, I just wanted you all to know that Sped Homeschool that. It, we are um, the ones that, that put on this broadcast, but we are a nonprofit, and um, we just um, we thank you for being supporters of this this broadcast. And and I'll share with you kind of at the end of how you can become a donor partner too to just keep our ministry going and um, being able to continue to encourage you and equip you as parents homeschooling children with special educational needs. So, um, so Matthew and Carol, as we get started, I would love for you to be able to share a little bit about your story and um, kind of what got you started in doing what you're doing and also um, just... Um, how that's just become, I, I guess, <laughs> as you were coming home tonight, just to start this, it's it's a lifelong passion, it sounds like. <laughs> so can I watch you? Yeah, know, certainly it, it is. We we love doing what we do. Do We love supporting parents. And um, mm-hmm. I started with, with this as a passion as a young girl when I had a cousin who had um, special needs. She was born prematurely and... Uh, had a lot of d- developmental challenges and mm. was, was blind as a result because at that point they wow. put them in uh, when they were premature in um, with too much oxygen, so they mm. were, lost her vision as well. And um, it um, she was just a real blessing to have in our family, and I mm. and I loved getting to know her and spending time with her, and uh, and spending time with my aunts and you know when during during summertime when she would come home from being at school. And mm. that just started me just really wanting to be with children who had additional challenges and um, it led me to train. I, I started out training in early childhood education. Mm-hmm. I, just, I really felt like I needed to understand what, how does a typical child develop first? You need to know where children should be right. and how they physically develop to then be able to understand, okay, what, what are the abilities that this child has and where is it and what's the next thing they should be? Uh, developing so uh, mm-hmm. that was a really important step for me and um, I've been a teacher I've taught both children mm-hmm. with, with neurological challenges and children who are developing well uh, mm-hmm. homeschooled our own children but along the way we had a lot of information and uh, we found that um, two of our children along the way both had challenges with learning and with mm-hmm. reading and with social challenges, and that really um, taught us a lot. We already knew a lot, and we felt we were so blessed already to have the knowledge that we had and working in this field already helped yeah. us to be able to see our own children's challenges when they came up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that has kind of driven our passion even more to want to be able to put this in more and more parents' um, in your hands so that they can right. understand their children as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's you know, a little bit about what have I missed? Missed a lot. <laughs> yeah. You're going good. I mean, I'm the best, right? is <laughs> really dedicated. She is, she, but she's not telling you is that she is a great teacher to mothers on how to understand their neurological system to really teach them how to read as a neurological ability as opposed to a strategy. Strategies mm. can be managed. Point. And Carol can pinpoint the parts of the brain that says, this is why this guy is struggling. It's not an intellectual problem. It's a neurological one. Mm. And if we do this, this, and this, she also teaches mothers whose kids who are blind to learn to see, 
93% of our kids who are blind learn to see and begin reading within 18 months because the brain's connecting and child teaches parents how mm. to be neuro parents. And she's also an expert in social. You know, what are you looking at socially? Why is the brain behaving or operating in this way? And how do you create social neurological development um, mm. while not hammering the child and blowing up the family? Right. And how do you be in alignment as you're trying to negotiate and disorganize brain mm-hmm. for yes that everybody wins? So she's pretty awesome. I'm fortunate to be married to her for 38 years. I'm sure it's been aggravating to her. <laughs> but um, I started, like, I've been in sports my whole life. Grew up in a family of 11. We played sports. We were pretty focused. Mm. We grew up in a very good household, loving household, where we all had our chores. And we all did what we needed to do. When I went to college, it was for sports physiology, exercise science. Hmm. And um, I started working in a clinic at the university to gain, you know, extra credits and get, you know, some ideas about physical therapy because there's a physical therapy division. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I was praying, you know, God, you know, what, I love all this, but, you know, please enlighten me so I don't waste, <laughs> waste a lot of time. Right. <laughs> and, um, and what happened in the clinic was I got moved into helping a lot of people with brain injuries. Oh, and became wow. fascinated at the... Um, that's a frustration I was feeling. Like, well, why is this do this? And why is this do that? And why is this do this? Mm-hmm. And I right. felt that the exercise science and exercise physiology and basic physical therapy for sports injuries just bored me. It began to bore me. Like, there's more, I got, you know, I, got, I was more intense. So I began working with an organization that really empowered parents on how to understand the neurological system. Mm. And I um, ran their clinic for many, many years, or more than a decade, worked there for 20 years on physical. Like, how do we get a child who's paralyzed to go through the mobility stages that human beings go through? Kids always should commando crawl. Then mm-hmm. they should keep on the hands and knees. Then they walk. Then they run. And then they're flying around with their hair on fire. Yep. Um, <laughs> what does this mean to the brain? And how does this impact the yeah. brain? If you miss the stage of this. What does that do to your intellectual? What does mm-hmm. that do to your language? So um, then Carol and I, about 20 years ago, we wanted to, we wanted to start our own organization. Mm. And we called it the Family Hope Center, not because of me, because I wanted to call it something scientific. <laughs> like it, the Organization for Neurological Development or something like that. And one of our mothers said, don't you dare. <laughs> what she gave me um, was a child. Uh, I helped a child who was blind and paralyzed and didn't understand four years mm. old in the middle of the floor. And within about five years, that child was walking and beginning to talk and understand and socialize and integrate and begin to read. And the neurology was beginning to stack with the family. Yeah. And as we taught the family, the family was engaging in the neurology mm. and the world parents. And so they said, you should call the family upset. And I said, mm. who way am I going to call the family upset? Yeah. <laughs> not possible. And all the women ganged up on me and said, yes, we should call it. And it turns out that's the right name for it. But yeah. we have worked with our team. We, we hire really smart people because that's how you win. You, you hire smart people, you strive yourself for smart people. <laughs> so we have a team of doctors and therapists that we partner with. Mm-hmm. Educate parents on how does the brain operate. So we take the mystery and the superstition and the anxiety right. and the disappointment and the guilt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just pull that out and say, look, here's John. You love him. Here's him. He's awesome. Here's his brain. It's spectacularly disorganized. <laughs> How can I get this brain and this child to match together with you being sane about it mm-hmm. in alignment with everybody in the family. And of course the well kids are traumatized by Johnny's blindness or paralysis or seizures or behavior that's undescribable or mm. inconsistent. And so we teach the family. We've realized awesome. over the years that when we teach a family why it's happening and how to do it, and then we coach them. So we we get like a routine and we say, okay, we'll dedicate ourselves to coaching you how you can raise the neurological capabilities of your children mm. in a way that is in alignment with how the brain grows and how families, you know, can put together a teamwork. 
And we know that if love were to fix kids, every kid would be well in 15 minutes. Love needs an action plan that Mm -hmm. you can see something, you can measure it, and then you can execute it, and then you can evaluate, am I on the right track? And if not, can I redirect that track? So Mm -hmm. we have dedicated our lives. Um, We haven't even thought about it, except that's what we do. We're and relentless. We've dedicated our lives to understanding how to measure the neurology system, teach it to parents, and partnering with them, and putting them as, you know, parents are the heroes. They're working hard to figure out, why is Johnny having seizures? Why is his eye turning? What's going on with his life? Why is he socially awkward? How can Mm -hmm. I help him be more him? And so we come along as guides. We say, well, we've been doing it for a long time. We've seen kids from 34 countries, six continents, for 40 years, more than 15,000 children. Mm. We have some ideas that might help you. And we have a lot of results. So we've, we've engineered a way to, for things to work through the neurology. Mm. Yeah. You know, our second child had a vaccination child. I know vaccinations can be good. I know vaccinations can sometimes not go so well. And our second mm. child, within a day, became severely hurt. Mm. Back when we were 30, 25 years old, we didn't know. You know, This was 35 years ago. We didn't know back to this. So all of a sudden, mm. you know, it was wonderful, the brilliant, and running around, your eyes sparkling in three months, and smiling, laughing to a hemiplegia in 24 hours. Shocking. Mm. Wow. Nothing. Yeah. Black, like, like the world creeps in on you, but you know, you love God and you just go, okay, what just happened? And then you stand mm-hmm. in the state and you execute out of love and perseverance and you just mm-hmm. keep moving forward. Saying, Can I do this? Can I do this? The third child we adopted, we adopted her and she had severe neurological complications when we adopted. We didn't know because it was an open adoption and baby came right. to us and we said, you know what? And we learned a lot. We learned about mm-hmm. the bonding research. We learned about how to bring her into the family, how it's part of the brain to connect. Mm-hmm. We started seeing a lot more adopted kids. We realized that kids that don't connect to their mothers and fathers in adoptions, mm-hmm. but there's a part of the brain. And if you tag that part, they will come in and they will bond and snuggle with you in an appropriate mm-hmm. way as opposed to push you away. Mm-hmm. And this has been a great relief to our mothers who have adopted kids. Some kids right. collapse to their parents and never leave them. And some mm-hmm. kids won't even get near their parents. Yeah. And nobody knows why. Like another kid, why doesn't he snuggle with me? Why is he always resisting? Well, it turns out it's part of your brain, and the brain stem. That if you know that four minutes a day, mm-hmm. you can bring that child into the inherent ability or desire to bond mm. and adopt That's it. Powerful. That arm can be broken and then it's trauma. Mm-hmm. How can you help a traumatized brain? That's what we've been working on for more than 20 years. That kids are in trauma. Neurologically, that changes your brain. So we got to figure out a way that, hey, where we do this? So we do it organically. Good food, and good teaching and good coaching and neurological programs that are non-medicated, you know, mm-hmm. I understand medication. I get it. We get it. But you know what? Many of our children need medication, but we're looking mm-hmm. for ways to to, to, to not that. always need that, to not have Because right. we know it's a management tool. We get the management thing. Right. But we would like to spend our time healing the brain as opposed to managing the brain. It's much more predictable. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, there's management in behavior, too. And, uh, you know, I certainly can mm. have a very organized plan for parents for behavior management. But I know that they that will become just a management crutch. If you don't have the neurological pieces, the physical pieces that Matthew contributes to our sensory mm-hmm. programs that our specialists then get delivered to our parents piece. and our nutritional mm-hmm. piece, all those pieces comprehensively put together change right. the brain. Therefore, the strategies that I help parents mm-hmm. with can evolve into needing less, being less of a crutch, and um, in, and the child, you know, improves. Therefore. We don't have to stay at the same place all the time. Well, you know what? Family Yes. The family, the parents, the father and mother go, I got it. I get it. Okay. Mm. When, if I do this, this blows up his brain. If I give him uh-huh. screen time or I give him sugar, which, which increases inflammation, <laughs> if, I give him, if I do these things, that blows up his brain. Oh, 
Now I understand. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the mother and the father, instead of fighting about about the neurology, because we can, in Denmark, they did a study that 48% of the parents get divorced if they have a hurt kid. Yeah. Yeah. 48%. Mm-hmm. And our, our mothers and fathers, if we've been there for 20 years, 2%. Now, are our mothers and fathers special? Yes. Are they informed? Absolutely. Because when you're informed, you don't fight about the problem. You look forward to the solution. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a big issue. Yeah. I, I heard you guys saying a lot of a lot of whys. You know, the parents asking why, why, why. And um, that leads to so much frustration. And, and you know, and, and I can hear, you know, what you're talking about is you're you're taking that frustration out by giving concrete very workable solutions and answers and um but what you know all of these how do you how do you turn a parent from taking those whys <laughs> to 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 listening to um the hows because i know sometimes it's we just want to just say well I want this label on this child. I, you know, I want, I, we, we kind of want to classify everything instead of getting to the point of saying, well, there, there's underlying things and it's something that we have to start working on. And, and it is, there is hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the parents have, a. it's true. They do have a lot of whys and um, there's, there's often, they feel like, and, that, you know, if I just have a diagnosis and I have a label, then I'm going to know and I'm going to understand. And sometimes, yes, that label does give some clarity, um, but most of the time it does not. It still doesn't mm-hmm. say, well, why does my ha- my child flap their hands and why does my child? There are so many behaviors that come along with that, that um, there's still a lot of whys there. There's still mm-hmm. a lot of confusion for the parent. And there is a time and a place to have a very specific label. If it's going to be helpful, if it's going to change the physiology of the child, then, then sometimes it really is important to, to know those things. But often it doesn't come with clarity. It just comes with a name and a prognosis that the parent then leave the doctor's mm. office with saying, well, now I'm being told you can only expect this. And the, and the label puts a lid on the, the level of mm. expectation. And, mm-hmm. you know, we feel it's, it's, it's not the right thing to do that because if you expect a lower thing from the child, they're going to get lower things. Yes. You know, there's been studies mm-hmm. where they've taken teachers and said, these are the A students in the class and these are the C students in the class and the children that are struggling. And they've actually realistically switched things. And uh-huh. the teacher then teaches to the A students in one way and the, the students who are struggling in another way. And therefore, mm-hmm. lower expectations. And the reality is they were actually switched. At the end of the school year, the students mm-hmm. who were initially struggling are actually doing better. And uh, so mm-hmm. we have to be so careful with not yeah. not labeling and not putting expectations you know, mm-hmm. on our children to be able to say, yep, yeah, let, let's look at the why those things are happening. Mm-hmm. But let's put a plan in place to be able to work on the root cause of the why. That's what well, we're about. For instance. Just, just yesterday, I evaluated a 30-year-old woman who was really struggling, and her 63-year-old mother brought her in. And she was a bright young woman who's been suffering her whole life with struggling with reading, struggling with physical, struggling everything. Mm. And when I pointed out the neurology, when I mapped her brain, I said, this is where your vision is, this is what she went, oh, now I know why. Mm. Now I know why I had this. I was called this, 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 and yes. Mm-hmm. And now I understand. The mother said, oh, my gosh, if I knew this back when she was like three, mm-hmm. I could have solved the neurology because it's not rocket sciences when you know that this visual pathway does this and this part of the brain does this and this does this. Mm-hmm. You have this brain, and it operates under concrete principles. This part's your reflexes. This part is for pawns, for belly crawling. And that affects your eyes to go side to side. It controls your mm. tongue. It controls your mouth. It controls personal motivation to get up and get dressed in a nice way and draw a Valentine's card for your mother when you're six. 
It controls the ability to filter sound so you're not distracted. It controls your ability to poo and pee and sleep and be aroused and not fall asleep when you're supposed mm. to be studying. It controls your hips and your shoulders. It controls your ability to look forward to a future event and plan for it now. Mm. There's a little part of the brain called the plants. And you get organized by belly crawl. When kids belly crawl on their belly, you know, kids are born, they've been floating around in the uterus, and mother knows that they're moving, and then, wow, I got a really movable kid. Parents right. are born, we put them on their back. Mm-hmm. We hold them. But we don't let them move around so much. When we put them on their tummy, and they work, and they work, and they, mm-hmm. and they finally can crawl across the floor, this grows brain. This mm-hmm. grows brain tissue. So then they can talk better, swallow better, chew better, potty train faster, track with their eyes, which is all about reading, right? Instead mm-hmm. of going, so what we find with kids who can't track, who mumble their words, who aren't toilet trained at seven years old and still urinating in their bed at night, mm-hmm. and who aren't self-motivated, parents are like, I don't know why this kid doesn't want to ride a bike. I bought him a bike. It's awesome. It's got all he kind of, why would he ride his bike? Like his brother, come on, it's awesome. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. We find when we go, we find we like, did he call as a baby? No. Mm-hmm. He rolled around. He rolled around like this. Oh, okay. Well, he never called. He kind of walked really early. Oh, he missed a step on his hard drive. Mm-hmm. Well, therefore, when he goes into church, he does this. Yeah. And so when we go back and say, okay, for 100 days, we're going to have you crawl on your belly for 100 yards. Brain changes. Mm-hmm. Oh. You mean this is a predictable pattern? You mean the brain grows in these levels of hierarchical complexity? Yes. Then you keep on your hands and knees. This is the part of the brain that you creep like a baby, a seven-month-old, they look so cute, and they're all around the house. Well, it turns out that's for convergence and death perception. That's for being able to hear all those sounds so you can make prefixes and suffixes. That's for the ability to be coordinated like Michael Jordan. And that's for being able to understand abstract representations of time and space, like, oh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and next week, I'll be 10 minutes, hey, wait for me, play a game, and know the strategy. It turns out a lot of kids don't creep on their hands and knees. Mm-hmm. They got one leg up in the air, or they start walking in Johnny Walkers, or they're in oh, yes. yeah. And so the first year of life, or they scoot on the rear end, the first mm-hmm. year of their life, it's kind of spent in this quasi-mobility environment that somehow either they've been adopted or somehow we think we just got to get mm-hmm. this walking. If he walks, he's be truly human. <laughs> uh, but we missed out on really intricate parts of the brain that run the hard mm-hmm. drive. Like my iPhone 11, I like it. It does a lot of things to me. I don't want to go back to a flip phone. It turns out that my iPhone 11 is only good as the hard drive of my phone. And so when we look at children, we evaluate the hard drive. Mm-hmm. If this is happy, information can go up and can go into the cortex where the child can make a reasonable decision. If he's making unreasonable decisions, we don't think he's naughty by definition. Mm-hmm. Go, hmm. right. Why does he keep punching his brother? Why does he bite things? Oh, there's a reflex called the Babkin reflex. And when he gets frustrated, he bites things and chooses to cure. Or fiddles around. Or asks, chewing things all the time. He's figuring, why does he have his fist in his mouth? Is he got a behavior problem? No, he has a reflex issue down here in the brain. If we tag that, we'll teach parents for 20 minutes a day. Boom. Oh my God, that's so easy. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So then we develop a plan, but it's based on measuring your brain. Mm-hmm. You gotta measure something to manage. And if you don't measure where you are, you can't know where you're going. Right. So yeah. what we've done is we've taught we've written a book called Healing Your Child's yes. Brain. We lays it all out for people to say, okay, here's how the brain works. It's really not that complicated. You don't need a degree in neurology. You know, because God made it complex but simple. Hmm. We find that when kids crawl, they sleep at night. They don't walk, get up and walk around the house like a leprechaun. <laughs> they can find each other. You know, they can speak clearly. When they creep, they can understand yesterday, today, and tomorrow. They can understand math. They can do the time stamp. And so we are empathetic 
of this child who's struggling with a confused neurological system to keep up with his brothers and sisters. And he knows, I'm not doing so good. I can't keep up with riding. I can't catch a baseball. Riding a bike is a disaster. I crash into stuff. Mm. I can't read as much as my father. I think I'm stupid. Right. And that's not a psychological they move to that. Mm-hmm. That's a real one. Right. He he perceives that he's not as good as everybody else because it's true. Mm. But we then say, well, no, because intelligence and brain injury, there's no correlation. You could be really clever, capably disorganized and not get out of your own way. Mm-hmm. And so we go, okay, let's just teach the family. Right. Yeah. Do you, do you see a lot of commonalities among families? So they have one child, then they're going to have multiple children that are disorganized. I mean, it sounds like a lot of it has to do with child rearing. Um, Good. A little bit. But of course, you know, you have adopted children, too, that mm-hmm. that you just don't even know what some of their pre-family conditions were. You could be inheriting all kinds of you know, issues within an adoption child. But if you adopt a child with your eyes open, you can say, let me map his brain. Mm-hmm. Look, I love him. He's in my family. Let's map his brain. Let's see if he's got issues with his limbic brain, which controls 40% of your brain, which runs to your sense of smell. Hmm. Mm. Turns out my kid has a hypersensitive sense of smell, and he won't eat any foods except hot dogs and meatballs, mm. and macaroni and cheese. Well, if you and I eat hot dogs, meatballs, and macaroni and cheese, we'd all be driving our car into trees. No, within like two months, right? I mean, you can't drive neurologically since 50% of my large intestines creates chemicals for my brain. Mm-hmm. If I limit my food, I limit my brain. Hmm, yep. can we grow this sense of smell, which runs his emotions and runs his short-term memory mm-hmm. and help his brain and feed him water, which your brain sits in 90% water and is put yeah. juice and milk and oat milk can I slowly switch to more water in this environment? Can I go back to the levels of the brain and reprogram them? Can I do it with my eyes open proactively? Mm. Because our parents end up putting out fires all day. Right. Yes. And you kind of want those fires to end. You don't you want, want to be just five minutes ahead of Right. <laughs> the fire coming. Okay. If I understand the brain, I can be proactive as opposed to react. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just marvel at the tenacity of parents. You know, you don't care about somebody else's kid being better. You just care about yourself. You care about your kid being more capable. Right. Most parents don't want the kids to be happy. They want them to be capable. They'll take mm. capable and happy any day. Oh, yeah. yeah. You want my kids to be happy. No, you don't. You want them to be capable. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the right one. Mm-hmm. You want them to be capable. So, yeah. you know, we love seeing people, the lights shine, and they're like, oh, oh. Especially daddies getting aligned with mommies mm. and bringing them good news. Right. And the brothers and sisters who are well love jumping in and helping out Billy and Sally. And yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'm talking too much. Kyle, am I talking too much? <laughs> Sounds like, looks like she has something to say. <laughs> I think that the parents definitely, you know, parents understanding is such a key thing. Um, obviously, we, they, you know, parents want to plan as well, but if they don't understand why they're doing things, it's, it's you know, having all those why questions and having those are many, many aha moments and saying, I understand the brain now. Now I understand why my child behaves this way right. and struggles in this way. And just having that piece is so, so important for parents. Because mm-hmm. um, if you don't understand why, then you then there's so much frustration there. Um, but mm-hmm. but that just yeah, I mean, putting in the in the hands of parents to, to know why is my child not be, not able to read? Why is my child struggling with keeping up with their brothers and sisters? And and why are they having these meltdowns? And, mm-hmm. and well, that's the first step is just really understanding the why. Um, and then you can be more tolerant. You know, it doesn't necessarily, exactly. it's, it's still yes. not easy. It's mm-hmm. not easy struggling. No. It's not easy at all. And, uh, you know, I remember, and, and it's painful. I remember mm-hmm. um, our daughter saying to us on, on the way back from church, by the way, all the way back from church one day and saying, Mommy, Daddy, um, I don't want to go to Sunday school anymore. Mm. If I have to go to Sunday, or if I have to go to Sunday school, 
can you tell the teacher that I don't have to read out loud? Because she mm. got to that grade level where they were reading right. Bible yeah. uh-huh. and she couldn't read yet. And mm. she was, it was it was heartbreaking for us, you know. I mean, as Matthew said, right. I, that's my specialty is teaching mm. parents how to teach their children to read and seeing the neurology behind it. And mm. my child was struggled for a long time, and uh, very sad for the, you know for them to you know she was a very social little girl. She was an incredible mm. problem solver. She could figure out all sorts of things. She was brilliant in that way, but yeah. she didn't want to be in a social situation where she was put couldn't on read. the spot because she couldn't, couldn't read. read. When she when she got hurt, it's like the circuit board in the occipital pathway linking to the broken ear just crashed. Like the hard mm. mother computer crashed. So we were really careful to watch our face. Mm. If you had a child struggling to read, they're looking at you all day long. How am I going oh, so far? Yes. How am I going so far? How am I going so far? And if mm-hmm. you're facing like frustration, sadness, disappointment, loss, hopelessness, right. yeah. the child, I guess I'm not doing so well here. What's going on? Mm. Also, that was actually one of the first, what, what, you know, one of the t- when I started to really realize how she was struggling at a young age um, was when I would notice that when she was, I was teaching her, Mm-hmm. She would be watching me, and she'd be figuring out what the answers were because of where my eyes were going. And when I when I realized that, got giving her that feedback, then I started mm-hmm. to realize how much she was struggling because she'd problem solve her way. She'd look at her brother because he was he right. was her, and he was learning just fine. She was look for every kind of clue she possibly could. Panic mm-hmm. in panic. It's panic. It, it you is. know, like yeah. I got I got to be right. I got to be right. I got yeah. I got to show everybody that yeah. I'm working. Yeah. So by the way, she's a doctor now. A doctor of therapy. You know, but she remembers. Wow, you know, wow. Thanks, mom and dad. You know, it was. It didn't take us fifteen minutes to heal her brain to support her, but the rest of the family saw. We all worked together. Yeah. Yeah. No, no one's ever saying it takes fifteen minutes or twenty minutes to solve this problem. It's been a quick fix. But when you understand the why, then it gives you perseverance. When you understand Mm -hmm. the why, it gives you hope. Comes to just. Despair is replaced by hope. Mm-hmm. Anxiety is replaced by peace. You know, there's, there's, I love the word joy in the Bible. It's not like you're Mr. Chuckles. It means you're content right. because you know the end point. Mm-hmm. So if, if I know that if I do these things, that I can support the neurology of the second nervous system, and I feed the child well, and I give them routine, mm-hmm. and there's consistency, right. um, good things happen. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've been trying to pass on to parents. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I love that. Because I think we, we want a, a quick fix and we want, we hop from like one philosophy to another philosophy and just we're trying to get something to work instead of finding, like you're talking about, the root of the issue and then working it. Until it works, <laughs> because exactly, you know, Peggy. as you had and talked you, about Matthew, yeah. you talked about that building upon, and you can't build overnight. No, and I like you said, look, we look for philosophies, and we don't have a philosophy; we have a neurological principle. Mm. Like all babies crawl on their belly; they push off their yeah. toes. To, when you crawl, you develop a lot of reflexes. It, mm-hmm. it's science it, it's right there in front of your face but then we creep our hands and knees and that does this and we, when we take kids back to those pathways and they do them all of a sudden their brain gets better and they can understand they graduate they're like okay that was pretty straightforward that was so simple why do more parents allow their kids to go through the mobility path why why are we mm-hmm. such in a rush yeah oh yeah everything in life now is in such a rush and we just kind of push them past and think that if they they go faster that it's better um you know like teaching a child to read by three <laughs> and yet they're just not ready for that a lot of times and most of the time mm-hmm. so yeah you can pinpoint some things at three you have started that early you can sometimes see oh my child's not picking up on some of the things that t- typical three-year-olds are picking up on you know so mm-hmm. we started to pinpoint those things with our daughter Three more, four, you know, oh, she's not learning her letters. She's struggling with even just the basics there. So you can see those things. And, you, you know, we could see it even before that because language was a challenge for her and talking was a challenge. And I was a translator for a long time. And, mm, and knowing yeah. what, when, where, but where those, how those things then are going to affect the next level of learning. Right. Uh, and, yes. And, uh, you know, 
But we weren't really confused. We weren't confused. We were blessed that we weren't confused about why we're talking and all that. We just knew that she got really hurt. Mm-hmm. And we weren't blaming God and we weren't blaming anybody. We said, let's take that off the board. That's not going to be healthy. Yeah, right. Exactly. Let's mm-hmm. make sure that my child knows that she's like the moon and the stars. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be Mr. Sm- Chuckles all day. And now, didn't mean I, wa- I didn't see the wine open every night thinking, I, I hope my baby learns to read because I didn't have the worry and concern. I just couldn't make sure that my face did not transfer that to her face. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't learn, you know, I've learned many different modalities like cranial sacral and fascia and chiropractic and, you know, I've been studying and trying to be better at this because we want to learn stuff, re-engineer it and teach it to parents. Mm. They can do things at home and become the neuro parents, but they really, parents want their kids to be well. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that was why one of the reasons we, you know, we wrote our book was, and it was so important for us to put this in book form so it can be, we can reach more parents. If if Mm. we don't see those parents and can't come alongside them, but we're giving parents a tool where they can measure the development of their child, no matter what, therapy you might be doing or mm-hmm. strategies or whatever you're putting in place you've got to measure it you've got to be able to say okay yes. i'm going to do this and i'm going to do it consistently enough then i should be mm-hmm. measuring if it's working or not and if you don't right. even know why your child's where they are or even where they are mm-hmm. first step is let's find out where they are what should be the next thing and if i do these things mm. on a consistent mm. basis will my child get to that mm-hmm. next level then I know it's working or then, you know, you either know you need to give it more time or this isn't mm-hmm. working. Now I'll look for another option. Yeah. And I think right. it's exactly what right, I think when we taught at homeschool conventions for a while, mm. we found parents chasing curriculums. Uh, yes, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alexia, it's just yeah. just mm-hmm. fix that or fix that. You don't well, mm-hmm. think you've got the wrong curriculum and therefore I'll change the curriculums and then right. the curriculum. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not or even worse, it must be me. Oh yes, mm-hmm. yes. I'm teachable. Yep. Mm-hmm. somehow I am not a good teacher. And but mm-hmm. if you have a child who's neurologically well, they fly through the material mm-hmm. as yeah. if it's like lightning. You're like, yeah. oh, I must be the greatest teacher ever in the right. world. <laughs> Next comes along, wheels are off the wagon, and you go, well, I think I'm the most terrible teacher. Thank mm-hmm. you. Right. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. It was this yo-yo, and we're like, no, come on, let's stop for a second. Let's just look at the neurology of the child. Don't blame yourself. You're right. smart. Look, yes. we teach parents to work harder because they just do it by definition. They go mm-hmm. to, you know, like 10 more yeah. things to do. Oh, yeah. But we can mm-hmm. help parents work smarter. You know, like right. yeah. that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe take this curriculum and put that over the corner for a little while. Let's yeah. work on the hard drive of the brain mm-hmm. and bring in the material. That way, you and your child are not butting heads because you went to homeschool because you love teaching, but now you've become that person that you don't want to be because, <laughs> you know, I mean, we've lived in this world for 40 years. And we right. Like, oh, oh yeah. You, you understand it very well. <laughs> we have a nose to nose with kids and we want to. Um, Help parents. Yeah, that's awesome. We just heroes that they we know that they are. Yeah, Jay Lewis is watching on on um, YouTube, and she said, "Thank you. This is so knowledgeable and validating. Thanks for yeah. watching, Jay." Yeah. So yeah, I am. Um, that is such good advice because we we do blame we blame our children we blame ourselves and we we blame all of these things. Well, even if we can. I, I love what you said, Matthew, you know, even though you knew something had happened, you didn't blame that either. That went off the table. Um, just to, to be in the moment where you are right now and, and focusing on this is what we have now and let's start here and move forward. Um, and there, there is where we gain hope because otherwise we get so caught in the trap of if only, or, you know, why me? And we, we can spiral down those, those places. And, um, and yet you're sharing with us ways that, um, you know, we can move past those frustrations and move forward. And, um, so I'm so excited. Um, 
So do you have any specific tips for parents? I know we got about 20 minutes left. Uh, specific tips or stories you want to share of hope just um, to encourage families that kind of feel like, okay, I'm ready to move beyond this place where we're, we're labeling, we're capping the goals and, and all that, and we want to move forward. Well, I think certainly, you know, we, you know, we're, we're, we would love people to, to get our book in their hands. Yes, need that. And I've got your website. It's and really like not our book. It's it not is yes. our book. It's a yes. That is scientifically rooted in this is how the brain runs. This is how it works. But it also has a lot of information on nutrition, mm-hmm. you know, screen time, so yes. alignment of parenting disciplining where the brain is, how it runs, how it works, the magnificence of it all Mm -hmm. um, with results. And so I think educating brings about um, wisdom. Mm -hmm. You know, once you know what you're looking at, you can make some pretty good choices that you're like, oh, okay, Mm. I do this, this will be. So I think the book is – like nineteen dollars or something. It's like mm-hmm. seventeen dollars. Like whatever it is, it's like yeah, it's available on Amazon. I gotta it's align my yeah. brain to the brain. And repeat the name again of the of the book it's, just it's so they can hear it. Your child's brain. Healing your child's brain. Yes, and it's on between mm-hmm. um, major, you know, the main books. It's on Amazon, and it's an audio file. Yep, so you can drive, to, drive listening to it. We also right. if you go onto our website. Um, we have a. A three-hour um, free course. Free course that's available, which is the first part of our parent training course. Totally free. Parents can gain a lot of knowledge from that and be introduced to the charges we talked about there. So um, we invite people and you know to look at our, look at the look at our website, look at Facebook. We we try to um, put information, help parents, give them support, mm-hmm. and encourage them. Um, so definitely. Um, I think that parents, you know, parents, of course, are overwhelmed. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. But you might have many children, or even if you've only got one, you're overwhelmed with just the one and the challenges mm-hmm. you have with that child. And I would, you know, as Matthew said, working smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. It's important to have that knowledge and to know that you've got some kind of support. Uh, we dedicated a few chapters in the book to it's nutrition and helping overall with the family. But, and there's a lot of stories in the book from both parents and from, uh, from children as well mm. who uh, have given a little bit of their story of what it's been like for them and some of the siblings as well. And mm. um, that's very special to us that, this, that we, yeah. you know, how important it is to balance things within the family. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you know, that one child who's a challenge, or if you've got more, you've got maybe you're trying to divide up your attention and you're trying, you feel like you're just constantly juggling. Mm-hmm. If you have a little bit better direction, that definitely helps. But it's also important to balance that and not burn the candle at both ends because parenthood is a, is a marathon in itself. And if you're yes. a child, where you need additional time and additional energy for that child, you've also got to look after yourself. Mm-hmm. So try to make sure that you don't don't neglect yourself. You need your energy. You need your sleep. And yes. get up the next day, say, I did three things well today. That was great. Tomorrow mm-hmm. I'm going to start again. I, I had a goal to do 10, and <laughs> but, yeah, I didn't get to them, but I did do three. And we can just look back at what we have accomplished every right. day and, yes. uh, and then look after ourselves. That's really, mm. really important too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree with Karen. I think summertime can sometimes be a good time to just push the pause button on the university mm. and say, okay, let me recalibrate here. How's it working so far? It's not. Yeah. And therefore, I need to change. I need to have realignment. Mm. Step off the grid. Read this book. It's an option. Mm-hmm. Like, well, let me read something. These people have done 10,000 kids and you know, like, oh, it's just, there must be something. Like, right. right. Well, I'll watch the three hour video. It's either rubbish or it makes <laughs> a lot of sense to me. Because I, I can't go into another September like I just went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't do it for, for all bunch of reasons. And so sometimes just stepping back from mm-hmm. a practical point, step back, recalibrate, get some information, and then give us a phone call mm-hmm. or watch the, watch the free content and say, can I give my kids better routines? 
can I stop sugar? Can I really just put the hammer down and stop sugar? Because I know it blows up this brain. It's just not. I'll see some sugar for coconut sugar. Right. Now, Stevia, I will not give this kid gluten for 100 days. He's not going to die. Mm-hmm. Tell me, won't die. Right. <laughs> we know that gluten, one molecule of gluten can produce up to 18 opiates in the brain. I mean, that's mm-hmm. science. It's not like I just pulled that off the, off the, off the, out of the air. Right. The kids yep. who have who are on the spectrum can't digest gluten, so they go off with the fairies in their head. They mm-hmm. just get foggy, and every time you give them something that's bread, and they're chewing on the on the macaroni and cheese, they're just throwing it down, and that's. Mm-hmm. And I do a 100-day challenge, no sugar, no gluten, no popsicles, no red dye, no soda, no Coca-Cola. You know, my kids won't die. Will they revolt? Yes. Oh, yeah, they do. I know. We, we did that diet. Yes. Well, it's, it's <laughs> we survived. It's a chemical change. You're changing the chemicals of his brain. Right. Yeah. But I can also introduce, like, you know, really good chicken. I can introduce all kinds of good food. Mm-hmm. So, A, I can have good routines. I can tidy up my routines over the summertime. I don't have homeschooling, but I have. <laughs> I can give them really good nutrition for the next 100 days. Me and my husband can sit down and we can talk and come in alignment so we don't not go out to talk and have the same <laughs> He can read the book, too, or he can listen to an audio file on the way to work in the morning and sort mm-hmm. of say, hey, how can I be a better father? I mean, can I, can I be a better father? Sure, we all could. I had to learn how to be a better father. I thought I was a good father with the first kid, reasonable with the second kid, and a disaster with the third one. <laughs> and I had to learn more to right. be to be better for her because that's what I was called to do. Is like step mm-hmm. up. Albert Einstein once said. Albert Einstein once said. They asked him. He said, "How do you solve a problem?" He said, well, he said he thought about it. He says, well, I spend 90% of my time figuring out what the problem is. And mm-hmm. I spend 10% of my time fixing it. And I thought, yeah. Yeah. Know, where is my so child's good. brain? Don't take it personally. So mm-hmm. reading the book is the first step mm-hmm. to understand my child's brain, have your routines, do a 100-day challenge. You could do a 30-day mm-hmm. challenge because that's sometimes easier. Well, I'll just right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get started. Get the 30 days. Yeah. We're going to increase exercise to an hour a day. Mm-hmm. We're going to get out of our rear ends and move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it turns out the mobility pathway is the strongest, most healthy pathway in your brain, and it targets good chemicals, and it makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Okay? But if I don't hammer my job with lessons, and I do more mobility, it turns out I could probably like learn more. But over the right. summertime, I can get into an exercise routine, a food routine, a routine, and I can study a little bit more so I can be more equipped. Because mm-hmm. I'm right, but I'm not equipped. There's a difference. Right. And yes. I think also uh, one of the things that I see with uh, with homeschool parents is that, you know, they, they, they go to conventions, they look they, they look for all the materials, and as we talked about curriculums, and they've got mm-hmm. this stack of books. And uh-huh. all these, this, these lessons that they now need to get through. And the pressure is on uh-huh. to be able to get through those materials. But the reality is that all of those materials require organization and output from the child. Mm-hmm. We don't, the child does not have an organized brain to be able to work through those materials. So right. mom's doing a lot of work to break things down, strategize, try to get the information in. Scaffold it. Scaffold it. Yeah, read it to the child. And yet the brain is not ready. So I would challenge parents to look at that and say, can I push a lot of that stuff aside, Mm -hmm. learn to understand my child's brain and organize the brain, which is an input program as opposed to an output. We could still input a lot of information, Mm -hmm. but asking the child to output stuff that they're not ready for Right. They're not ready. I read a ton mm-hmm. to our daughter who couldn't read herself. Yeah. And we were doing a lot of therapy and she was doing a lot of exercises and, and crawling and creeping and things like that. And one day she turned to me and said, Mommy, can you stop doing this with me? And I'm like, what? She doesn't want to. I'm going to have a problem. She doesn't want She said, Mommy, I would like you. I, I'll still do it. But can you read to me while I do it? 
Mm. He saw her brother reading and she couldn't read and she wanted to be read to. So I, mm. you know, I've met lots and lots of parents who their only way their child gets through the curriculum is by reading it to mm-hmm. and, um, and balancing the input that the child needs with right. less output is so important. Yeah, it takes the stress off of them. It does take the stress off. Yeah. Totally takes the stress away, and it's important to do that. And if you mm-hmm. understand that you need to be putting a certain amount of time in the day with exercises that also improves the child's brain, so eventually mm-hmm. take on more themselves and output more themselves. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah, it is vital. Yeah. Yes. So, so important. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I love that because, yes, this is the time of year when all those parents are going to the conference. I know I'm speaking at a conference this weekend in Iowa. So, um, and yes, it's it, it's heartbreaking to yeah. watch, watch the process just right. repeat itself. Yes, right. exactly. Right, so... Yeah. so. And, and to give yourself permission. It's not that, it, that you know, I we see plenty of parents, again, they come with this big stack of books and we say, okay, let's just... We need just enough to give a little bit of output and to be able to measure that things are working, put the other things aside. When the brain gets organized and as it gets organized, you can start putting those things back. And it's an absolute joy for for me to go to to sit with parents and say, oh, we're ready to add math back in now. Well, let's put math back in, get that going. Oh, you know, we have a little extra time. We could do science this year, you know. So, yeah. but to do that gradually and to build that process mm. and to, for it to be a joy, um, right. you know, and to find ways to have fun in learning, but not put the child on the spot where they're mm-hmm. really. It really, can only really come struggling. with understanding the child. It can only come are. with understanding. And that's yeah. what we have online. We have twenty-two hour class online. Hmm. That parents can take it any time they want. Some parents start it and they go straight through as if they didn't sleep because they go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because they go, oh, well, really learning about the brain is a lot of fun. <laughs> and you have these epiphanies like, oh, and you start, you have five kids, you go, that one does this, this one does this, that one does this, that one. Oh, does yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> Your brain gets more disorganized. <laughs> <laughs> now I understand my husband. Um, you know, and, but then, then, the, then the fire starts to burn again, as opposed yeah. to, oh, my gosh, I, I, my head, I can't even pick it up. And that's mm-hmm. what we do. We, we've been there and we have developed ways to coach parents. Through it because we, we think it's a partnership. Mm-hmm. Like you, yeah. The fire is in your belly to help your kids and you're trying to educate your kid, but maybe you step back and educate yourself now because nobody ever taught you about the brain, but pretty good idea where to start. And so we've decided instead of doing the program on kids, which we could do, mm-hmm. we decided to coach parents how they can, so our clients are parents, so not the children. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have so much fun watching parents get it. Yeah. And yeah. just go like, oh my gosh, I have now, I'm fired up because I understand what to do. Mm. It makes sense. And I can, it's sustainable. Once yes. you know why, Mm-hmm. Your life becomes sustainable. When you understand your relationship with Christ, it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. If you had another philosophy that didn't have that, you're constantly trying to be a better person. Right. But once you can yeah. get off, once you see it, you go, oh, by the way, it's the Holy Spirit, but still. <laughs> yeah. it's sustainable to get through and realize that you, you can have joy, mm-hmm. even though you can be a knucklehead. You know, you can make, right. you're not problems, but you can have joy. With you. Okay, I made, I had a rough day with my kids in homeschool. Okay. But now I understand why, because really, well, you know, I gave the kids too much sugar or they mm-hmm. never got the routine or he's not ready for this level. I should be here. Mm-hmm. I'm one to be fourth grade reader. He's barely a third grade reader, but he really gets second. Why don't I? The, why don't I just give him a lot of second grade stuff, mm-hmm. third grade, but work on his brain yes. so I can move forward as opposed to letting the curriculum train his brain. I'm going to let the protocols 
the neurological protocols change, right? And then I'm going to mm-hmm. add the big one as I see them. Right, because then, like you said, they just soar because everything's aligned and in the right place. And then it makes sense. And yeah. it makes so much sense. And um, Jay Lewis, again, um, said, wow, this makes so much sense. <laughs> so, and I have to totally agree. So um, as we're wrapping up, I would just love for you again to talk about your book, um, your website. I'm going to put that up because I didn't have time to say it. But for our podcast listeners, it's familyhopecenter.com um, so that you can check out. And then um, and then as far as your book, you said it's, it's available on Amazon. Available on Amazon. It's Amazon, available on Barnes and Noble and a couple of other bookstores too. Is it on Audible too? I know you said it was on Audible. Yes. Yes. Okay. Luckily, yes. it wasn't me reading it. That's how I read my books because I do. I would have been too enthusiastic and then added another story while in the midst of reading it. I would have diverted myself and added something. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, uh, we're on Instagram as well, the Family Hope Center. We're on Instagram you know, and, Facebook, and, and Facebook as well. Okay. Awesome. We're trying so to be sure relevant to with all the social <laughs> media, even though we're over 60. <laughs> we're we're my best. Yeah, so. yeah, I know. I, I do my best too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we want to make sure that we, we thank you for the opportunity to speak to your homeschool parents and the ministry that you're yeah. doing and how you're reaching out. And it's a one of my, my medical directors said, in terms of life is a team sport. Mm, and sometimes yes. when we're homeschooling, so we bunker down and we mm-hmm. try to like be perfect. Mm-hmm. And we kind of like, don't talk to each other about our kids' neurological issues. But sometimes we take it personally and think, well, somehow I'm flawed human being. And my kid is not right. doing so good. It turns out we all have somebody in our family who could use mm-hmm. um, some neurology support. And if we take the mystery off the table, we open it up brain everybody wins the well kids win watching you work with the hurt one in a way mm. they can see that has changed yes they can yeah. do too so mm-hmm. well, they're learning things, things that they can apply into life later on too it's, it's, they're it's, modeling you like instantaneous you know and knowing and learning just learning the value of that you know sometimes someone in the family needs more help and uh, i'm mm-hmm. learning real valuable life lesson that yes. uh, that's you put your resources where they're most needed and mm-hmm. the rest of the family come along and help them support yeah. Yeah. yeah and again there's a lot of free content on the website three hours of the principles and practices of healing your child's brain that's free content click on it it's right there um it's our gift to to support you awesome. it's either going to make sense to you instantaneously or it's not and by the mm-hmm. way it's okay well, um, but if, if from that, then there's an, then the course is offered for you to really dig in and evaluate your child's brain and gives you a curriculum on what to do. Once you awesome. do this, it tells you now what do you do. So it's a, where you are, mm-hmm. what you do. So it's a full complement with PowerPoint notes. It's also an audio files mm-hmm. with all the notes so you can, you know, keep digitally and take notes. And then Great. we have Zoom calls every week. Follow up with parents who take the parent training, so we can answer their questions. That's all free. It's all you know. part of the part of it's all part of the package. It's all part. We can kind of follow up, and parents go on and ask questions about the material. Super. Well, I just want to thank the two of you for just your life work and your devotion to families. I mean, that that truly is where our heart is too. It's bed homeschool. It's why we don't teach kids. I know people contact us all the time. Will you teach my child? And we're like, no, but we'll teach you. (laughs) That's what we're all about too. And so I love that. And that um, you're just empowering these families to, to move beyond um, these places that they're frustrated and stuck and give them hope give them answers so so thank you so much and thank you for sharing i know you two are very busy and um you you plowed through this hour really well (laughs) shared so much information and wisdom and hope and um it was evident so so thank you thank you thank you for inviting us we love we love our work and we love working with families so as you do, you can tell very much so. Yeah, yeah. And I want to thank our viewers for for watching and for doing the thumbs up and the hearts on the um, in the comments. But um, 
Oh, good. That's encouraging. You got yes, thumbs yes. Thumbs you, yeah, no, you didn't get any thumbs down, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so just to let you know that this um, episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations was brought by, here by viewers like you. If you'd like to become a donor partner with us at SPED Homeschool, you can donate. Um, that's tax deductible. Just go to our website at spedhomeschool.com forward slash donate, and you will find um, information on there. Um, also, we are launching, as of tomorrow, uh, a masterclass on how to homeschool your high schooler, um, your struggling learner through high school. It has been a two-year project that we finally wrapped up, and um, and it's it's just chucked full of um, content. So um, you can find that on our new learning platform at empoweredhomeschool.org. And um, I'm going to be in Iowa this weekend. If you're going to be in Iowa, I will see you there at their homeschool conference. And then next week, I'm going to be broadcasting live from Las Vegas. I'm actually speaking at a global education conference there. And so I'm going to take my show on the road. But um, we're going to be talking next week about um, reaching Let's see. Maybe I have the wrong title. <laughs> um, reducing frustrations and meltdowns. Yes, that's what we're going to talk about. And specifically related to learning and when your child hits those walls and um, what you can do about that. So um, so definitely join us um, for that broadcast and um, we'll see you next week. So thanks again, Matthew and Carol. I appreciate your thank time you. and thank you all for, for joining us and we'll see you next week right here on Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Bye everyone. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.